What's up, guys? Back with the North American Weed Tour podcast, episode 15. I'm Mitch Pfeiffer. And I'm Jay Ping. And today we have special guest, Mark. Mark. Mad Mark, a.k.a. Mark C. Mueller. Matt, man, it's good to see you, bro. How you living? Oh, it's fucking living the dream. Man, you're smoking some good over there. Where, where, where are you located in the world right now? Right in the world? I'm out in a beautiful Enumclaw, Washington right there. I've got the green grass and the pine trees and the clouds up there finally. Love it. Broken. Garden's happy now. But yeah, I'm just right here, in, right here in Auburn, Washington, right by the White River Amphitheater. I nice. can hear the show going on from the farm. It's pretty fucking dope. That's pretty sick. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did you uh did you have another Fourth of July gathering out there this year with, with COVID going on? No, this year I went to, I just I just spent it all my fucking time in the sand dunes. Mm, That's like my group. Ever since ever since like the shutdown happened, I went out and bought a fucking sand car and an R V and I just catch me out of the dunes. That's been my sick. I, I so, mean, much so much fun. Yeah, Oregon Coast is where it's at right now. I'm fucking Coos Bay. You threw the Mad Marks Farms logos up on, on the on the Sand Cruiser, right? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I fully wrapped that bitch. Got the giant flag flying behind it and shit, too. Yeah, when I'm out in the dunes, people are always asking me for weed. <laughs> Which is dope, because I don't even sell weed in Oregon. People down in Oregon and Cali are asking me for weed. They heard about the shit, so something's going good. Hell yeah. Or maybe expanding, I just got good weed. Expanding the brand. Expanding the brand. So, you know, but I, I, I want to ask some questions on, on the brand specifically here in a bit. But for a second, man, where where did Mad Mark, where did the name Mad Mark come from? And when did that start? Where did the Mad Mark come from? That shit's deep because there, there's like a lot of meaning behind it. You know, like first and foremost, we got like the, the reefer madness thing. You know, all us stoners are just fucking insane people and all that shit. So. That's, that's square one is the Mad Mark. And then uh, I had a lot of fucking frustrations since this whole thing started. I've been selling weed my whole life, and it was, like, really fucking awesome. I was, like, super free, did what I wanted. And then when the legal shit came around, everything just kind of hit the fan. Shit kind of went off. Got all fucking sideways. Game got turned upside down, and I just wasn't too happy about how shit was going. So I think what it was was really I was fucking in the garden. And, like, some barcodes or something was fucking with me. And then I, like, took a bamboo pole and I was just, like, beating the fuck out of this fucking pole. And one of my employees saw me and then uh, they're like, oh, shit, Mark's mad. And then that was, like, right around the time we were trying to, like, come up with a name. And so I was just like, oh, oh, shit, is that it? Is that the one? <laughs> I think so. So, it's just, best. you know, just, just a, lot of, a lot of shit, you know. Just a lot of different meanings in there. To pick one. That's that's awesome. And then you know, there's like the Mad Max thing, you know. So I'm like stealing the brand identity there. Mad Mark, Mad Max, fucking, you know, a little recognition there already. A little alliteration and shit. <laughs> so th there's a little bit going on there. And some of the best brands are built off of you know taking something that's already familiar and you know, building off that. Like a lot of streetwear happens, and like your your logo, right? Like is. A, a take on the Mr. Yuck where, you know, the LCB came out with, they didn't want cartoons or things that are appealing to children. And you took like the utmost, like the warning symbol for children and kind of like and bake that into your logo. 
Right. I, th- I thought I was doing myself a solid there because I got some pretty risky advertising shit I do. So I'm like, here, I'll just throw yuck on everything. And then they can't say shit. <laughs> Did my part. <laughs> <laughs> Did everything I could. Just you know, used like uh, eggs is super easy too. You know, mo- most maybe it's just us old people, but most kids are familiar with the fucking yuck and shit, so it makes it easier on parents too. They can just, you know, they don't even got to worry about it. Just tell the kids to stay away from that shit. Just trying yeah. to, just trying to make it easier on everybody. To me, to me, the brand has always been. Um, when I first discovered the brand, it was at. Kush 21 in the early days, I think. Uh, maybe Evergreen Market early days, 2017, maybe, I think. Uh, 20, late 2016, maybe 2017. And I remember going, Mark, I remember going to a dispensary and seeing you doing a PAD. And I remember there being 200 people at this PAD somewhere. And your energy was greater than any energy I'd ever given at any PAD, any vendor day I'd ever been at, okay? Like, and I remember being like, damn, this guy's the party. And then I remember seeing you at, I think, one of the first Lemon Haze events, maybe, or a concert or something. And people came up to you. Industry people came up to you the same way that all those fans and customers were. And I just remember being like, this guy is the shit. His weed's the shit. And people really, really like him and think he's the shit. Like, I got to meet this guy. And then I looked at the logo and I I remember going up to you and being like, Mark, bro, I think I've only heard great things. I want to figure out how to help you and work with you. And you just were so down. (laughs) bro you just were so down from day one that um you know when we launched the series every year we make it a point to include you no matter what every year we make it a point that people can discover you we really really appreciate you as a human and then you also cultivate really great cannabis and your brand it's fun it's cool it's not corporate it's not boring it is it's you um, I just want to say to you, you know, I really appreciate what you do in this industry, what you stand for. The fact that you cultivate cannabis is obviously just extra. Um, we, we had to include you on the North American Weed Tour. It's an honor to have you. What are you smoking on today? Uh, gelato. Gelato. That's my shit lately. Ooh, a little, a little fresh. I like to do the little hand manicures. I throw it in the bowl. The hand, the hand manicure. Oh, fresh, fresh, fresh. We uh, we recently had some people on our YouTube commenting. Um, we had some people commenting on the YouTube channel about the genetics behind your gelato. There were people saying it's not a gelato. No, it's not gelato. So can we? Right. So can we? Can we help people understand? the genetics that are going into the products that you have on the market and why, how did you go about curating the menu you have? Okay. 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 I got a super easy answer. Mm-hmm. I just grow what I like. Like I, I'm like, I'm not the one who's into any of that bullshit about fucking, I don't know. I'm, I'm like anti-hype guy. Like, uh, so you're not you're not fiend, you're not pheno hunting all the crazy genetics dropping all the time. 
There's no reason to. Um, when I see something that like stands out and I really think that I should like maybe give a shot, then I'll give it a try. But it's one of those, it, 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 it's rare as fuck when a new strain comes along that's actually a new strain. You know, everybody's in their garden just fucking chucking pollen and, oh, I crossed this with that and I crossed this with that and crossed this with that. But not that many times is it actually a stabilized genetic, you know? So it's uh, part of the thing I'm going for over here is consistency and repeatability. And so, like, having a new strain every week kind of, like, goes against what I'm trying to do because, like, I, I've, fuck, I've been in this game forever. Most of the shit that's in my garden I've had for fucking 10 years and, the reason I have it is because it's fucking fire. I got I got the choice between any strain I could bring in that I want to, right? And so uh, I'm more like I I really just go off what I like, you know. I think that's why I've had some like good results because I I like weed. Weeds, I'm super fucking into it. I think I have a fucking good palate for it. And so like I feel like I'm the chef who's fucking making everybody dinner, and uh, I'm just gonna do what I know is right. And they're gonna enjoy it, or they ain't gonna come back to the restaurant, right? And, and the proofs in the pudding, they keep coming back for more and more and more. So, so something's going yeah. on. I, I think just the fact that that I actually fucking, you know, am so hands on on the shit. I, I'm actually smoking my own weed. I'm actually fucking growing my own weed. I get fucking select all the fucking strains and everything that go in there. And uh, I, I think that just makes a big difference. What, one of the biggest things I got going is that just, we're so small and the team's so small, there's not a lot of interference. Like when I, when I want to do something, I'm able to do it. So if I want to bring in a new strain or I want to get rid of a strain, it's not, it's not like a big, huge debate. But uh, back, to the, back to the genetics on the gelato, it really is a, it was a strain that came out of fucking Colorado. It's it, it's literally like a fucking menage of everything. It's got fucking Kush and cookies and fucking cherry pie and fucking uh, got like fucking Hindi Kush and some fucking Afghani in it. So it's literally just it, it, it's like everything. And then once you start breaking, I, I mean, once you start breaking those down, then you you got fucking what the Durban poison in there or something, and then all that other shit. But uh, I, I take all that shit with a grain of salt too, because I could, I could give this cutting to someone else, and they would come up with a different result. Like I've seen that time and time and time again. I, I, I could give somebody clones, and they, their shit ninety nine point nine percent of the time is not going to look like mine does. Uh, it's like the the feeding schedule, the garden setup, the lighting, fucking the pruning tactics, fucking, you know, the pot size. Like literally, like everything combines together to like make the end result it's not just like oh here's some seeds for this strain that's exactly it's not it's not a fucking copy you know it's not a printer it's not just going to keep producing the same thing over and over again absolutely mitch mitch were you gonna were you gonna say something about that? yeah i was gonna say you know with, with your strains and, and the way you kind of rebranded your strains over this last like probably last two years i want to say last year but last year went by so quick so it's probably like over the last two years you kind of re reframed and repositioned your strain so i was just kind of curious of you know i know you think branding and consumer experience first so kind of what was the thought process um behind rebranding the name of these strains and what what are what are those now what are the strains now called you, you fucking nailed it right there because it's all about the customer experience and there, there's so many stores and so many bud tenders and so much turnaround on all that it's impossible to get them all educated on exactly what's going on there so like uh 
you know, like in, in the beginning times, we're having a lot of trouble with people getting hung up on indica and sativa and THC percentages and all that bullshit, you know, as being their like main driving factor for what they were going to buy. So it was way too fucking confusing and people didn't, uh, I, I feel like there, there's misconceptions going on out there. So that's why I decided to just go with like the terpene line. So I just kind of, I changed everything to the kind of like fruit flavor representation of like what the strain actually tasted like. So without being able to, in Washington, you know, I'm up here in Washington, of course. So we, we, we got a, we're limited experience. Like you, you don't get to touch the weed. You don't get to smell the weed. You don't get to do anything like that in the store. You basically just have to go in and buy it based off the labeling, which is why people got stuck into this THC percentage crisis. But I've been trying to fight that hard. And I, I, trying to redirect people onto the whole terpene route so that that that's the main reason i did the strain name changes on there just because uh like you said make it easier for the customer like they they don't know what uh you know like space very blue goo tastes like you know they have no fucking clue they're going into that guessing into the washington market where you can't see that shit before you buy it you know so if i name it fucking mad lime and the shit tastes like limes fucking problem solved easy as fuck right yeah and then I'm, also, I'm also of the opinion that the, the terpenes and all that shit dictate your high a lot more than the other numbers that are represented on that package so i was just thinking you know it's just it's just a better way to get around the inadequacies of our system mm. here you know yeah. I, I got some hardcore homies who were like you can't change your name that's just fucked up you can't do that no that's wrong blah 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 blah, blah. and i'm like nah fuck all that new world <laughs> you gotta adapt and change right you know it's like, it, it ain't what it used to be so when you stand when you have the ability to step back and look at both sides of that fence you're actually taking care of more customers even though it might seem like there's more connoisseurs that care about that other side yeah 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 and i mean my direct experience is that the novices are the ones who are concerned about that other side uh, the whole number there are, on there the are more, Mark, you know this as well as I do, brother. There are more people out there that do not know what we know. They don't smoke what we smoke. They don't consume how we consume. There are a lot more of those motherfuckers than there are people who know limonene, pinene, gelato, sure, blue magoo 37. People love course, you know. They don't love cores like that's just what they can buy. It's what's shoved in their face, right? It's kind of the same thing going on yeah. here. You know, and the, the pricing pricing dictates stuff big time in this marketplace, and it's just it's just kind of funny that the the higher THC numbers typically go attached to the cheaper products, which is kind of like a alarm right there. You're like, wait, how's what's going on there? I guess we've been playing with that shit since the beginning in, in, in Washington. There's been a, we've had the fucking number crisis fucking since day goddamn one. It's like as soon as, uh, as soon as that, that, that became like the only avenue to sell a product. And so obviously, you know, you got people who are going to ride that avenue real fucking hard. And then so all of a sudden now you got like 30%, 35%, 40%, 45% popping up on the shelves. And, and it's a bag of fucking shake. You're like, what the fuck? No way. How's that even, you know, so like, just ruin the consumer confidence, in my opinion. 
You know, like I, I don't yeah, know how anybody can take those seriously. When, when you buy the bag that's 30%, you take it home, you smoke the whole fucking bag, and you're like, wow, that was fucking whack. And then you go pick up some shit that's 13%, and you take one hit off that shit. Next thing you know, your house is clean, and you fucking wake up four hours later. You're like, what the fuck happened? Oh, shit. Awesome. 13%, huh? So. I know. Dude, the, the, if you showed up to a buyer or sent an email blast out with 13% THC weed on your menu, people are asking, what happened? What's wrong? What did you do different? Like, they're freaking out. And then if they, if you just blindly, like, if you just delivered 13% weed, they're probably rejecting that order. Yeah, they're going to have a problem with it. Oh, this won't <laughs> sell. Oh, this won't sell. <laughs> Which is crazy. So, so Mark, talk to me a little bit about this, right? You got, uh, you know, the we well, rec goes legal, right? 2015, it starts turning on. We got expensive eights. You're getting, you're starting to think, you know, you're getting into the market. 2016 pops around. Weed starts really, really hitting a stride. There's dispensaries. They're making money. Uh, chains, multiple locations start opening. Right, year two. Now, 2017 to 2018 and 2019, I feel like Mad Mark entered the market, and then every month it was as if you really started to start to hit pace and hit a stride, right? There was better crops, new strains, and then remember all those bud tender events we used to go to back in the day? Oh, yeah. I remember Dude. when we all used to get together and party. Uh, <laughs> those were the days, back man. In the day. That's probably another thing that, like, I'm, I'm here to smoke weed and party. It, uh, I'm gonna make money on the side, but you know, those are the two main priorities: are fucking have a good time and smoke chronic. It just happens to be that when you grow chronic, you usually have money. That's just kind of how it goes, you know, <laughs> unless you suck. <laughs> but. I don't know. We had so there were so many people that failed. I don't know how the well. I do know how they failed. I mean, you, that that time period you brought up there. So maybe one of the reasons that you started to notice me more was that uh, everybody else was just falling the fuck off because that that was like bad times there for a while. With that traceability crash, like fucking prices went fucking down hard, fucking core. And so everyone was struggling to make ends meet. They were having to shut down their businesses. They're, you know, just looking at bill after bill after bill coming in and fucking just sitting on their crop, sitting on their crop, sitting on their crop. Cause it's just, it, it, it's been, it's been fun. So, I mean, that, that, I think that's what it is. is I'm just a motherfucking glutton for punishment and they ain't going to kick me out. Like fucking, I saw this shit when it, as soon as I heard that it was going to go legal back in, like, 2012, I was like, oh, fuck, guys, we got to do this. We got to do this. You know, this is where it's going. This is the future. Once there's a legal fucking route, they ain't going to let us do this no more. Like, it ain't, it ain't just going to be all good. And uh, I told everybody, preached it to every motherfucking buddy, and nobody did it. So I think a lot of the real ones, too, didn't get in the industry. So then you got a lot of fucking investor groups getting up in the industry. You know, a lot of people just not knowing what they're doing. Yeah. So absolutely. I, I think it's just been a natural culling, right? Yeah. Just the fucking the, the real remain. I just I just ain't going nowhere. Like I said, I got I got low needs. 
<laughs> Mitch is over there all fluid. He's, he's, he's not glitching around. I'm, I'm staying in the Matrix, man. L living in the Matrix. Yeah, so fucking. Okay, I dig it. I like in the middle. That's yeah. Good. Now we changed up. But one, one of the things I wanted to touch on, um, you know, back on branding and kind of setting yourself apart of, you know, how you looked at rebranding these strains for solving a consumer experience issue, right? Like there was a clear issue of bud tender education, consumers being aware, um, and you kind of approach that from your side of the business of what you could do to kind of solve that issue. And I think you've done the same issue or looked at a similar issue in terms of like products sitting on the shelves where you move to a model where you do limited drops um, with limited quantities to select stores. You're really cautious about who buys it in terms of can they move the product to make sure consumers get the freshest product and not upcharging so the price stays consistent. Where most people sit there and complain, oh, retailers are bending us over. They have all of the, the leverage. You've kind of taken some of that and said, I'm going to leverage whatever I can leverage and just play ball with who I want to play ball. So could you give me a little bit of insight on that process? Um, yeah, I got so many awesome emails in my inbox. Like uh, I've, I've been called the rudest person in 502. I've been called but like every, every name in the book. I'm the fucking worst. They're like, I was just reading one today. Bro. I, I saw a best of booth post come up, and I had a fucking email from that guy that I was just dying over. It's just like, you're the best. You're quite the salesman, aren't you? And I'm like, well, fucking, uh, I'm a grower, not a salesman, bro. <laughs> like, not the same. Not the fucking same. Um, that shit's fucking hilarious. Uh, but the, the, the inspiration behind kind of doing these limited drops and making sure the product stays on the, sh you know, no, no retailer is going to take your product and mark it up four X or three and a half X. Like you really try and control that. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, like, uh, it, it's a big fucking, it's like the centipede. There's, there's three people involved in this motherfucker. So like everybody, everybody's going to get a little, you know, along the way. So you know, we, we can't get her with the structure we got right now. You can't get around the stores. You know, you have to go through the store. And so fucking, uh, they're going to make their money no matter what. They're, they're not going to be hooking up people with weed just because they want to. Right. So they're going to make money, you know? So it's just, just a natural fucking beast. It's just kind of like out of whack a little bit with how the distribution goes. And so like you're saying, one of the, one, for me, it's all about the customer, you know, and like, I, I had another store who was like, we're your customers. And I'm like, no, you're really not my fucking customer, though, bro. Like, you're tripping. My like, customers are the customers. You're the middleman. You know, I'll get it straight. And so, like, uh, that's where the little drops come in. Because I have to take control somehow. Because I, I had a lot of experiences in the past where the stores will try and uh, they're there to make money, right? That's exactly why they're there. It's natural. I ain't got nothing against them making money. And they're going to use whatever taxes they can to make more money. One of those things is doing bulk buys. And so they'll try and buy too much fucking product. They'll buy like a two-month supply. And I'm like, shit ain't going to be good that fucking long. And then when my customer, the end customer, the one that I really care about, when they get the fucking product it's not going to be as good as it could have been if they would have got it a lot sooner and a lot fresher. Cause like I, I, I'm a, 
one of one of the biggest things about Washington up here is we've always had so much weed. We've always had home growers. We've always had just a booming ass fucking indoor local community, and people like fresh weed. You know, no nobody wants some fucking old last seasons fucking or even if, you know like that. That was one of the other number crises for a while. That was another big point of the. For some reason, they removed the harvest date requirement from the packaging because they used to, used to have to have a harvest date on the package. And for whatever reason, they decided to get rid of that shit. I mean, I, I know the reason, and it's kind of like it's oil hat reason. Still, you know, I just don't trust those motherfuckers. Somebody got in there and bribed those motherfuckers to take that shit off because they could see they could make more money if that label was out of their way. You know, so it's like. Uh, it's just big business shit. But anyways, back back to the back to the fucking thing. It, it's I gotta I gotta take control and get the good product into the customer's hands. So one of the ways I did that was the other fucking marketing, I guess marketing tool, buying tool. I'm not sure how you want to describe it, but yeah, little micro drops. So like uh, I size the drops depending on what that store, what I think they can move through in two weeks reasonably. I'm not gonna hit them with something that they can't move through because that really doesn't do anybody any good. Now they got shit sitting in their back room that fucking they spent their money on now. Now it's just sitting there getting older. And so they're not going to lower their margin when they do finally get around to sell it because it's older. So it's going to go out to the end customer. The one I really fucking care about as a fucking just a lower grade product than it could be. And for the prices people are fucking getting charged for for the product, it, it needs to be a fucking amazing. You know, so it, I, I, I charge a lot, and so in turn, it turns into the whole fucking lot once it goes through the fucking system. So, like, people got to get their fucking worth out of it. And so, like, that goes on, like, I'm, I'm going to, like, change direction a little bit, and, and so, like, turn it into a third thing that, you know, like, with the new packaging. Like, that's another fucking thing behind the new package is, uh, I wish I had one right here in front of me. I'm, a, I'm not a good salesman, like the guy said. <laughs> he wasn't lying um, I'm used to people calling me when they want weed I still haven't gotten used to this whole fucking annoying people like hey you want to buy some weed you want to buy some weed you want to buy some weed you like that shit just like doesn't sit right with me <laughs> making me feel like a drug pusher I'm like yo you want to buy some drugs hey hey buy drugs 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 you want to buy some drugs you know it's all fucking weird but the new package, so I got that set now too. It, it solved more of these fucking problems because now it completely blocks out the light. Like previous to my new box, I'd had the hang tag because I wanted everybody to see the product and I wanted to know exactly what they were getting before they fucking purchased it. And uh, just the problems with the problem with that was the tags were falling off, and it was kind of inconvenient that way for like the bud tending staff on the store level. It was inconvenient for their inventory reasons. Um, but that tied right into those little micro drops too. Cause I had the clear jars with the micro drops. So the shit wasn't getting light bleached. It wasn't going bad. So it was working. But the whole time I was doing that, when I originally designed that glass jar, I had intention of going in a box. Mm. So I got a fucking, mm. now I got the new boxes. I got but Harley's he's in Chicago right now, but when he gets back, he's going to be fucking taking some photos for me of the new boxes and shit. Um, they've been out in stores for a while. I just, I'm just bad at getting that shit up on the social media and whatnot. I've done a few stories, but there's no actual like evidence of it. <laughs> but uh, 
long story fucking long. The box is fucking dope because it's got openings on the top and the bottom so you can spin the jar around. You can orient the face. It's got a little fucking hole, just circle hole cut on the front of the box so you can orient the face to block out all the light. Or you can spin the jar and see all the weed. And it's also got a little light hole on the bottom so if you want to get crazy, you can like put the jar on your phone and it'll illuminate the whole thing. So that's pretty fucking rad. Um, just more customer experience there. And it's a shiny box now. And it's in a box and it stacks better. It's just more, it's like more appealing, you know? It's like when you get your fucking, your new phone or whatever. And it's like the unboxing event. You know, the, the more and more and more and more and more and more. Eventually, you'll probably have to unwrap like six layers of packaging before you can get my weed out of the jar. That's like, it's my eventual. See? I'm all for the boxes. I'm all, look, look, we got a box and dabs in boxes, weed in boxes. Come on. That's the thing. I kind of feel like if you ain't in a box, you ain't shit. That's just, uh, that's my new thoughts on things. But the Cali, like the Cali, the Cali box vibes, the Vegas box vibes, it's a thing. Like, even. It's way better. We've come a long way from a Ziploc bag of weed. That's for damn sure. I mean, it, with my brand too, I, I started in Ziplocs. I had a couple Ziplocs in 502 and fucking. Then I moved into the fucking Mylar, or the Mylar bags. And then I got like. Then I got a home printer that was all nice to do the little color labels for them. And then then I started getting my stickers printed from another company over in Colorado. And then those stickers got changed to be a little bit smaller so you could have more viewing on the jars. And then and every time I have a new package come out, I think it's super fucking awesome. And then a year later, I'm like, that shit is fucking trash. What was I thinking? So it's awesome. And I, I, I don't even know what's coming next, but it's I, I can't it's it's going to be amazing. And you're always been on the forefront of branding, especially for the Washington market. You know, like Joey and I see it a lot in Cali and other markets. Washington is is super craft, but almost craft and mindset and the vision for branding, packaging. And like, you know, we, we've joked around and called you the merch God for 502. You have like the most set of diverse merch, whether it's custom or consistent. And so have you been into clothing before cannabis or did cannabis let you kind of explore that route? No, I've been wearing clothes since I was a baby, I think. So <laughs> I've been in that shit a long fucking time. Like always, right? <laughs> yeah nobody wants you know yeah 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 so I've, all, I've always been into that shit too i've always been in, i remember when i was in hawaii one time i got a fucking a shirt with a weed leaf on it and i was like oh fuck this is the best shirt ever and i like rocked the fuck out of that shirt and i was like you know rocking the fuck out of lrg for a long time just because all their weed themes so i was just just all in as soon as i could as soon as i had a brand to fucking throw on some clothes that represents weed and shit i'm like fuck yeah no and it, it's yeah it, it's come a long way too it's crazy i was going through the drive-thru the other day down in auburn they're like oh what's up mad bark and i'm like oh shit god damn <laughs> everybody it's out of control um it just goes back to more like what i want to do you know like you say yeah i've always always been into like the skateboard snowboard you know kind of kind of like that other side of the fucking culture thing so my style's always been fucking kind of geared that side of things too and so um just doing what i want grow the strains i want make the clothes i want and like i don't know i feel like i'm not like the biggest piece of shit out there so other people probably like what i like too 
So I think it was probably, you know, like instead of trying to cater what everybody else wants, I kind of just like kind of know what's what's personally right for me to do. You know, I kind of got more like the, you know, I'm trying to, my vision isn't very influenced by outside sources. I'll say that. Yeah. Like, I don't really listen to too many motherfuckers about anything. I kind of just do what I want. And, uh, <laughs> as, you, as you should, as you, as you should. With me yeah. I want to do good. So I'm going to, I'm, everything's going to be, everything's going to be geared that way. But there's definitely like in the style, like that my, my fucking skateboarding, snowboarding, fucking, you know, just weed selling, like counterculture side fucking definitely is visible in the fucking branding and the fucking merch I choose to do and all that shit. And I, I'm even like careful about who I choose to do my merch. Cause like, uh, not like, fuck, no, 100%. 100% of the fucking t shirts, aside from the ones my mom ironed patches on for me came from the homie making music in fucking Tacoma and he's been bouncing around on fucking Pac Ave down there between fucking 84th and 56th like for the fucking five, six years I've been fucking with him now and he's he's got a they got a dope ass little thing going down there. Uh couple dudes owning a fucking print shop that are they they just got good vision and they're just good people. They're just real ass motherfucking people. It's not some like website i'm fucking ordering the shit off trying to get the fucking best price or fucking any of that shit and then the other side of it too is when i go down there i'm like yo i, I need the premium tees i need the fucking heavyweight hoodies i need the fucking you know i need the, i need the top quality goods because i'm trying to make shit that people actually want you know that, that's kind of like the deal i'm not trying to shove yeah. i'm not trying to shove shit down people's throats i'm trying to give them an option of something they could have you know, and that I want them to like choose to buy that shit or, you know, choose, choose to rock that shit. You know, like you guys have been around in the industry long enough, you know, you get plenty of those fucking bullshit cardboard, fucking stiff ass, fucking too short, too wide, fucking just garbage shit that goes in the fucking shit pile in the back of the closet. And then maybe sometime when you're washing your car, you're going to bring that bitch out and dry it off with it. You know, like. Fuck, you know, like shitty merch dungeon. Fucking how, how much? How much fucking resources are wasted on shitty merchandise, right? Facts. Like, you know, people are never gonna motherfucking wear. And I just, I try and go hard on everything. You know, like I try and go hard on the weed. I try and go hard on the merch. I, I, I just, I don't skimp no fucking steps. I'm like fucking Hammond in Jurassic Park. I'm like, I don't spare no fucking expense. We're gonna do what we need to fucking do to make this shit fucking happen. <laughs> and hopefully it doesn't run away from us at one point, right? Patent lanyards with the extra thick shit, and I get the nice class that fucking lasts a long time and don't fucking break and snag on shit. And then people want it. People want it. You know, when you put out a good fucking product, people want that shit. And you don't gotta fucking deceive them with price and fake numbers and fucking all that other bullshit. Like, you just gotta put out something that's actually fucking good. And luckily for me, there's not that many other people putting out shit that's actually fucking good. So that's why you've been hearing about me. <laughs> uh, that, that's the whole thing. I don't give a fuck. I do what I fucking want. I don't fucking, I don't fall for their fucking bullshit. I fucking, uh, I put my products out there, not as a fucking one-time whopper, but I want a motherfucker to come back. 
you know, I used to do that shit. I used to, uh, you mentioned Kush 21. I used to do vendor days at Kush 21 and fucking that shit would get fucking live. Like I shit lined up down the fucking block. Like people, people almost, people getting fucking mad by the time they got even in line so motherfucking long. They're so mad, but then they get that fucking super ass fucking deal in their fucking hand. And then they love that shit. And then they got a good fucking, you know, it's turned to their experience good now. And then they got a positive association with the brand. They went out, they had some fun, they had some emotions. They fucking ended up feeling happy and getting a fucking solid ass score. Cause that, that was one of the other things too. I had to break some motherfuckers balls on that shit to get the, cause that, on those vendor days like that, I'm, you know, I'm fucking first hits free kind of guy. So you, you can fucking try it. That's my whole thing. You know, like I know you're going to like it. You're going to want to come back. So let me just fucking, let me do what I can to get that in those people's hands. And then fucking, then they're going to be calling me. You know, that's the point. I don't, I don't want to hassle them. I want them calling me. I want them hitting me up on Instagram. Like, yo, where can I find your shit? Where can I get this? When's the drop happening? You know, that's that way they get fresh product. And I know that people are serious about getting good weed or getting good weed. I even, so like, here's, here's another thing I tried to do too. I tried to uh, step my game up a level and fucking start taking custom orders online. So I had people hitting me up through the website, and I'd be, they'd hit me up. They'd be like, oh, I want an ounce of this, or I want an ounce of that. And I'd be like, well, where do you shop? And fucking try and get them fucking, try and get it lined up to where I could drop them their personal fucking order at a store of, you know, our personal fucking, where we could, like, have common ground acts. I don't, I can't, I don't sell to all stores. It's not like I can just fucking drop, you know, you guys know how it is, but I don't know if everybody knows how it is out there. But to, like, get into a fucking store is a motherfucking nightmare like uh it's no easy task to like introduce your product to a fucking buying staff and fucking have all those people fucking go through your product and then actually choose your product especially something like mine because like i am coming in at a higher price so a lot of people see my price and they're just like nope they're just like no way we're not gonna fucking do it um so there's a lot of hurdles to actually getting your products in the fucking stores. It's not as easy as just, oh, I've got a customer who wants to buy this from you. Here, let me drop it off to you. You know, it's so that's that's what I learned hardcore with that. And like my biggest lesson on that was it was just the timing was bad because I sell weed all across the fucking state from fucking Bellingham to fucking Longview. And then fucking almost all the way over to fucking Idaho. So there's no way that when fucking homie hits me up for a fucking ounce that I can in a timely manner fucking get that shit done and dropped off to his store, you know? So that leads into like my biggest thing I want to fucking see happen is the fucking craft farm bill. That's like the biggest change we need to see happen. Cause that's going to fucking streamline a lot of that bullshit. And then, uh, a lot of these fucking higher end products that, you know, like like you said, a lot of people do want cores, and then so like the corner stores are going to be there available with the high THC content and fucking you know low low quality yeah, products yeah, that yeah, buy yeah. for a cheap price conveniently in the neighborhood. And then if you want to take a little stroll off the path, you can go out to a farm and have an experience and see the people and the fucking environment where the products created and packaged and handled and get you know like. I have a dream of like deli style cannabis where you all just roll in and you're like, yo, I got, you know, 
I want some gelato and I want some of this. And I go over to the fucking box yeah. and I pull out some gelato and I hand trim you up a couple nugs of that and I throw it on the scale and I'm like, is that good? And you're like, no, I'll throw a couple more nugs on there and I'll fucking trim it up. You know, like just a true like deli style, like straight from the farm. And uh, all the marketing stuff ties into that too. Like uh, that's more freedoms because one of the, one of the difficulties in 502 is the customer outreach. Cause like aside, you know, like you guys kill it because you're one of the few people out there who actually like throw live ass parties that get the farms and the fucking stores in front. Well, more, more of the farms in front of the customers because the stores got them, got the ax, all the access to the testies, but to just, just to get their feedback and be able to interact with them and whatnot. So. Absolutely. And, and- and with that, you know, direct of the, the farm that they're, they're, you know, this, this craft farm bill that they're, they're working on the push. I know you've been speaking out for that. California is now seeing, you know, the DTC, the direct to consumer route where brands can team up with delivery services, but people can order, like you're talking about live order through brands on the website and get it delivered to the door. Um, but it's, you know, what you're talking about, this craft farm bill, it's, it's crazy that the cannabis is still fighting the stigma that it's so difficult to get a model like, even talk about that model. Where do you feel like we're at in the process of that becoming a, a, a reality? All right. So what I've learned along the process is that we have to buy it. So fucking alcohol got shaped the same way back in uh back in the, back in the early days. Fucking uh alcohol was not vertically integrated you couldn't fucking buy directly from the distilleries and the wineries and the breweries and all that shit so um a lot of fucking a lot of lobbying went into getting that shit fucking pushed in into the legality side of things so i think they see an opportunity for the same thing here so uh part of the problem is is it, it, it's just all crazy politics. Like, like there, there ain't no fucking good reason that we can't do it. We all know it's bullshit that it's fucking illegal in the first place. We all know that it's, it, it's just like horribly fucking wrong. All the fucking, all of, all of their fucking principles and shit. Like n- nothing that they've said is like turned to be true. You know, the, the shit doesn't, it should be a schedule of narcotic. It doesn't have the fucking problems associated with it that they're terrified about. There's a lot of fucking benefits for a lot of people from it. And uh, it's really, unfortunately, just all about money. We got to fucking pay these motherfuckers to change the laws. And so enough farmers have to get together and pool enough money together to fucking bribe these people to do it. So unfortunately, that's just what it is. You know, they're they're not doing it because they should. They're doing it because they get paid. Mm. And you you really and this this is a you know I guess let's just be very clear. This is not obviously this is not Mad Mark doing those kinds of things. You really believe that there are very large groups and corporations and businesses that are out there in the I five hundred two in the Washington state market specifically that are working most likely to some degree with the LCB. Yeah, 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 yeah. It all comes down to fucking golf course handshake deals and all that kind of shit. It's all, it's all lobby. You want to get anything changed? You got to have a lobbyist. That that's that's how it is. Period. Um, but there is an association over here on the grower side that is fucking uh trying to gather forces 
so we can have a bigger fucking check to throw at these people um, to fight the other side of the organization that has previously won the battle. Because this shit's been... It's just been proposed year after year after year after year. We've been screaming about it. Uh, what was it? Uh, Pre-COVID, we were uh, there was a meeting on this down in Olympia, and there was standing room only, overflow room. Um, I, I was sitting in the overflow room with ghosts and fucking. There was so many farms there trying to speak on behalf of the craft farm bill. It was ridiculous. Like I said, we were in overflow. There was probably a hundred of us. There were so many of us that they didn't even like legally. They're like legally obligated to let us speak, right? You know, like that's how the system's supposed to work. There were so many of us that they said, "Uh, we're going to cut down the list and we're cutting down the time of the few people that we actually let speak." And uh, at that meeting, there was three lawyers who represented retail interests those three lawyers got their full allotment of time and they got to speak first and uh they just did everything that they want the lawyers wanted you know it's just it's just so it's just very apparent it's super apparent you know you've got overflow rooms of farmers who are like this shit's fucked up and then you got three power lawyers come in and just be like no we're we're good leave shit alone that's terrible man so that's so frustrating we don't care how unhappy that's so frustrating yeah i mean it's it's uh like i said I, i already knew this shit was bullshit and now i'm just like further disenfranchised like the it, it's all just fucking bullshit it's all fake it's all fucking it's just buddy buddy shit they ain't doing anything because it's right or they should it is they just do shit to make money off it it's all there is bottom line i think a testament to what your success is and your story you know has been built around um doing what's right to you and i putting that end customer first amongst you know the with the bullshit of the the system and and the regulations with the bullshit of the supply chain of having to deal with with the retailer you've gone and just done things like you said your way how you see fit with the end customer in mind and i think that's testament to how you as a small craft farm have really been able to take market share and build a brand and something joey and i've gravitated towards and just been a big fan of yours because that's you know the branding the marketing that's what we eat and breathe daily and you're someone that really like amongst all these challenges while people are complaining about it you went out and did something about it intentionally which i think is you know a testament to your success in a world where it's dominated by chads you're a grower owner a smoker owner you know not many people can go lung lung to lung with with mark you know i've i've tried before uh something i enjoy trying but but you know, I think that's been a big part of your success is just doing what's true to you and you understanding the culture and speaking for that, regardless of what else is going on. So hats off to you for that, my guy. Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You know, I'm just going to try and keep doing me. That's all I can do. Piss off a lot of people, but it's whatever. <laughs> what, uh, what, what, what strains are on the full Mad Mark lineup right now? So right now, it's fuck uh, gelato, 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 and a little splash of grape. That's it. Like, like when I've been so like I've been doing my drops. It's been fucking two thirds gelato. If I'm gonna drop off like two hundred jars, fucking one hundred and forty of them are gonna be gelato. 
And then there's going to be like 20, 20, 20 on some of my other strains. Just, just, it's like, it's just gelato season, or it's fake gelato season for me. Mad Mark gelato. <laughs> and that's another one. That That's what, uh, so I named that shit gelato just be, for the same thing, to avoid the customer confusion. Cause like, they don't want some obscure ass weird motherfucking eighties punk rock band sound and name, you know, that they're like the shit's fucking it's as similar to a gelato, so I'm just gonna motherfucking call it gelato because it's gonna be easier for them to get an understanding of what it is. You know, and if if they really didn't like it, I would have heard more about it. The thing I hear the most is that's the best gelato I've ever had. <laughs> they're like, that's the best gelato I've ever had. I'm like, cool, that's good shit. I dig it. <laughs> so, oh, that's so funny to me. So, just trying to make it easier. Trying to make it easier for them. There's too many fucking roadblocks in the way. It's too hard for some reason. So I gotta fucking push the easy button as much as I can. Shiny box, easy names. No, I wish. Yeah. Some things I just can't fucking change, unfortunately. They're, like, way beyond my fucking control. But, like I said, I'm trying to do everything I can to navigate that shit to make it as good as possible for everybody. Maybe I shouldn't get so high for days. But, no, that's silly. I definitely should. Definitely got to smoke, man. And so, you know... Appreciate you being on the podcast today. Is there anything else you'd like the people to know? And where can we find you when we get up out of here? Oh, shit. Um, so the website, madmarkfarms.com. I try and be up on that shit. I, I try and get all my drops on there. Uh, I'm not perfect, but I try. So I've at least been doing it every like week or two, getting where all the fresh drops are at. So that's, that's the best way to go. It's the best case scenario I found is just go to the madmarkfarms.com and then check for the latest drops and then hop on the store's websites, whichever one is the, you know, the convenient one for you in your local area and then, or, or even call those motherfuckers, you know, that don't ever hurt to actually call the store and be like, Hey, can you actually put hands on this? Probably like put hands on it and save it for me. Cause I know the website says it's there, but there's been plenty of times, you know, you go in and the website said it was there and it ain't there and whatnot. So that's another big piece of advice. I, I would just call them like old school. Take the Ask them what they got. That's the best way. Um, madmarkfarms.com and then call those stores to confirm. Fucking fast too, because that's the other good part about the calling is like sometimes that shit's gone in a couple days. I had I had some stores where I wasn't even getting out the back. The fucking bud tenders were literally snatching the entire fucking order and keeping it for themselves, and never never even hit the floor. <laughs> Which I think's rad, but that's that's why I say call call and check because you know sometimes it don't even make it on the fucking floor. <laughs> But hell yeah. What about you guys? What you got coming up? Man, uh, you know, this North American Weed Tour campaign, we got a uh, Hall of Flowers here in a couple weeks, and then out in Boston for Boston Cannabis Week, and then, you know, MJ BizCon, if the world doesn't close up again by then, we'll be back down there in Vegas. Are you going out there this year? Uh, I was thinking about going to Oklahoma in a couple weeks, but that was for, like, UTV Takeover. It wasn't for the, the weed convention, but... 
Yeah, I don't, I'm, a, I'm like, I'm a Washington cat. I haven't, uh, I haven't thought about doing the fucking national expansion yet. I think it's, it's a little, uh, I like to know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I got yeah. my shit carved out over here. I'm like, yeah, I know my lane. I know what people want. I know what I should do, but I, I don't know people in fucking, you know, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, or, you know, Florida. I, I just, Florida here is a crazy fucking thing. I hear people smoke a lot of gelato everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Madmarkfarms.com, everybody. Make sure you visit. Go check it out. Go support. Um, he's in, you know, the exclusive drops, small micro drops at stores across the state. He uh, has been killing the game in Washington State uh, for, gosh, what is it now? Uh, almost a decade uh, in the cannabis world. So go support. Check out his weed. There's lots of terps. There's good flavors. The gelato is crazy. And as he said, the grape ape and some of the other things are absolutely awesome. So be sure to tap in. Mark, it was really great to have you on the episode, my man. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. I had fun. It's good times. Have a good day. Oh, yeah, man. See you, Mark. All right, guys. That was Mad Mark of Mad Mark Farms out here in Washington. Um, you know, for all of our Washington audience, you guys are definitely familiar with that. If you've been to our events, you're definitely familiar with that up here in the Seattle area. Um, you know, for people out of state, they're definitely someone to check out. You know, Joey and I have been a big fan of, of Mark and what he's done with the brand for a long time. A lot of what we talked about on this episode, um, you know, he's just done in looking in some things that Joey and I have learned in traveling around and covering recreational cannabis across the country and not just Washington. We've definitely seen where the industry is going as we move to national legalization and big money coming in. And there's absolutely, and everybody we interview, there's going to be the Coors Light, the Marlboros of weed, these big conglomerates, but there's going to be room for craft cannabis. Some people get worried like that'll be the end. There's going to be a room for craft cannabis, but not everybody is going to make it past that phase. And Mark is someone, Joey and I have always said behind closed doors, we believe will go because he simply puts the end consumer first. And no matter what size he's at, his model and approach, it's going to be really hard for that not to be successful. See, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, you, you can, you don't, craft growers don't necessarily have the ability to become these billion dollar empires. And so to think that you can just grow at that scale with all of the same quality, it's borderline impossible. Uh, and Mark has this unique ability of, being able to just adapt his business uh, to just continue to be successful. I don't know how much he's grown since the first tour we ever did. I don't know how much more lights, how many more plants. I have no clue. But what I do know is that by switching the model to more of a micro drop and then increasing the price up, limited quantity equals more demand if the quality is exceptional. And he has been able to dial his quality in, bring in a gelato genetic that is just absolutely fire. It's got, you to, he told us before the episode, it's mixed with a bunch of different things. Uh, it tastes like a gelato. Everybody tells him it's the best gelato they've ever had. It's not even a gelato. So it's one of those, you know, he's got mad lime, mad, mad lotto, a couple of mad grape. Uh, there, there's a bunch of different things. It's his version of a brand. He does exactly what he wants to do. And I think to me, 
that's what it's all about. I don't. I think every bit of that is is craft as fuck as it fucking gets. You know what I mean? So you know, yeah. call call the strain what you want, rename it what you want, call it whatever it is. Uh, do you know the packaging however it is you want to do it? He started in sandwich. He, he was in sandwich baggies and mylar's and then single jars and then stickers and then other iterations and now he's in this new one and then now he's going to these boxes it's never going to stop and that's what's exciting about uh, mad mark's brand for the the customers that are watching is there's always going to be something new with mark whether it's the newest micro drops the newest brands branding the newest merchandise there is always something new going on with mark uh, and we very much encourage you guys to check in with his instagram follow him on all social medias and go subscribe to his website, madmark.com, madmarkfarms.com. Um, this is the North American Wheat Tour, man. Episode 15. We just had Mad Mark from Mad Mark Farms in Washington. He's in Enumclaw down in the Auburn uh, to Tacoma to Kent areas. Um, super dope. Been fucking with him for a long time, man. Big shout out to Mark. Big, big, yeah. big love to having him on the episode. Um, Mitch, we got some other very exciting people coming up here soon. I've got iSpire uh, and, and a number of other brands. So to anybody watching this, be sure to tap in, like, follow, subscribe, respectmyregion.us on IG, YouTube, uh, Twitch. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. All these episodes, these podcasts, we are showcasing cannabis culture all across North America. So please, if you want to get involved, reach out, hit up Mitch, hit up me. Mitch is representing a lot of stuff on the West Coast for us. Tap in with him. Uh, anybody over in the rest of the country, please feel free to reach out. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's episode 15. We'll be back with plenty more. We'll see you guys soon. Love y'all. Peace.